0: Welcome to the irony of beauty a fortnightly podcast hosted by skincare experts Fiona and Rose They love a good chat and sometimes a heated debate about all things skin and nutrition calling out scaremongering misinformation and misleading marketing in an ever confusing world of beauty and wellness Please note the information provided is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace qualified medical advice Good morning Rose, how are you? I
1: am very well. It is a beautiful day. I'm in such a great mood, even though I've had such a busy, busy week in the clinic. I feel amazing today. I was very productive. Got up early, went to the gym. I feel pretty good. What about you?
0: I felt good too. You told me you've been that productive already. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't been to the gym yet, but um, it's a beautiful spring day here today. So it's feeling very summery and springlike, which is very exciting. New energy, lots of fresh energy. Um, Today we're talking about a topic that I think affects or has affected pretty much everybody in their life, will do or has done at some point, which is really breakouts. And that might be just congestion, blackheads, breakouts, or even full-blown acne. One of the things that I've seen a lot in clinic, um, I get asked about all the time, Oh Fiona, my skin suddenly started breaking out, what can I do? Um... And as you would know, Rose, it's not as simple as just saying do A, B and C because breakouts can be caused by so many different things. And it's really important that when we're treating breakouts in the skin, we really start by getting to the root of the problem because I think most times or in many situations, people have this cookie-cutter approach and don't treat it as an individual, um, you know, don't target individually each component and then they wonder why they're not getting results
1: exactly um managing acne in the clinic is one of my favorite skin conditions to treat Um, i find it exciting because i know how far i can take the client but there is a real process There is no one size fits all. There is no quick fix with acne. And that's the thing that I do explain to clients um, during the consultation process, which they need to understand. This is a journey. It's a system. It's a strategy. Um, Will it get worse before it gets better? More than likely, yes. So there is um, a strategy behind how I manage acne, how I treat acne and and taking them through that process, there's a lot of support that goes along with that as well. So, and you're right, there's no cookie cutter approach with acne um, and it is going to take time. So that's the one thing I guess clients need to understand that there is a time factor involved when you're managing and treating acne, but if it's done the right way, you can really get a long-term change. You really can. Um, So I'm very supportive with my clients Uh, asking the right questions, really understanding the client on that personal individual level is very important when you're treating acne because you need to understand where that cause is starting or or how it's beginning, what their habits are, what the drivers are, what the triggers are and how to basically implement the right strategy to manage that for the client. So it is 100% a holistic approach.
0: Definitely. And we're going to go through each of those in detail hopefully today um to help people understand or be able to identify their own personal triggers because i hear it so many times that especially with skin therapists to be honest you know beauty therapists dermal clinicians whatever you want to call yourself (laughs) (laughs) we won't go there um anyway you know quite often you know they'll say i've got a, a client with acne and you need to stop eating this and you need to stop eating that and come off the gluten and come off the dairy, and I'm thinking, hang on a minute, you—that that is going to make zero difference if that acne has been triggered by an environmental cause. So let's say that that person is having a cup of milk a day, um, not that much dairy, their diet's pretty good, but the breakout has been triggered by, let's just say, stress, and maybe they're using some comedogenic ingredients and products, just by changing the diet or extreme cutting out gluten and completely cutting out all dairy is going to do zero if they're using comedogenic products on the face. Um, But then there are some people that may have a really unhealthy diet, they may have um, hormonal issues, there may be that gut component and they will thrive on putting them on a really healthy diet but their skin care may be already very good and they're not getting the results because they need to fix the internal. And so unless you actually identify what that driver of acne is, then we're never really going to get the proper results. And I think most people aren't able to be able to recognise by, one, looking at the skin. You can usually look at the skin and work out, is that acne caused by Acne Cosmetica? So basically topical ingredients. There's the way that the acne looks. It looks sort of lump, it looks like little bumps. Um it's not so red and inflamed. Or is it hormonal acne, which we're normally seeing around the jawline, um and the chin area, go down on onto the neck, um, could go onto the chest and the back. Um, is it really a sort of imbalance in hormones where we're seeing sort of more cystic and nodular and we can start to see excess hair growth as well you know something to do with more sort of polycystic ovarian that needs referring um, so we've we've really got to understand what what the driver is there maybe they're taking certain supplements um, that are just causing little breakouts in the skin which can be easily fixed by stopping taking the supplements especially if they've been choosing those supplements themselves Um, you know maybe somebody's a gym bunny and it's the excess sweat combined with taking whey protein branch chain amino acids or pre-workout supplements testosterone you know um, supplements steroids those types of things They're, they're they're key drivers for potentially aggravating or causing acne in the skin so we need to be checking all of those things before we go in with the treatment plan would you agree
1: Oh, totally. Um, understanding the client's history, um, medical history, general health, you know, what they are taking from a supplement point of view. Are they on oral contraception? There are so many factors that you need to take into consideration when you're managing a client with acne. And it's, it's also understanding what happens with acne as well, right? So in that follicle, everything is stimulated. Everything is going way too fast. You know, you've got excess oil flow. You've got excess cell turnover that's becoming trapped in that follicle. Um, you know, everyone everyone kind of knows what a follicle is, you know, that where the hair, kind of the hair shaft, where the hair comes out of the pore. So everything's becoming trapped in there. You're creating a perfect breeding ground for bacteria to then, you know, grow and develop and breed. And then before you know it, you've got inflammation, So it is, you've got to understand the bigger picture with acne. Why is that happening? Why is there inflammation happening? Why is everything on overdrive? And it's important when you're doing a consultation to ask those questions and understand their lifestyle, their diet, their history, then you can really determine, and also skincare as well, um, then you can really determine where it's coming from, what the root cause is, and then you can start to manage it on a more holistic approach. There is no quick fix. There is no one treatment. You you can't treat this superficially, which is what a lot of therapists um, can sometimes do, over-peel, over-exfoliate. They treat it more superficially instead of looking at the whole characteristic of acne and understanding it from a more holistic, um, bigger-picture point of view.
0: Mm. I mean, when it comes to acne, they do a true acne skin will tend to have that thicker, stickier sebum. Um, Some studies even suggest that it tends to be lower in the the linoleic acid, which is a type of omega-6. And a lot of people don't realise that omega-6 is actually really important in helping to control acne. And I see so many people say, oh, stay away from omega-6 if you've got acne. Well, it's actually the opposite. The linoleic Acid is going to help with sebum quality, it's going to help with ceramide production, skin barrier. Um, and this is where there's a lot of misinformation online and people don't understand properly, properly am- amigas. And I know we've already spoken about amigas in a, a previous podcast. Um, and also there's that build-up of dead cells in the follicle that cause the congestion and the blackheads and inflammation. Um, but with people with acne, they tend to retain those dead cells they're not they're not desquamating them as much or they're not shedding they're not and that's when exfoliation can benefit and that's why quite often people will say you know you need to exfoliate new something like a, a salicylic in particular can be really beneficial or hydroxy acids as well because it's helping with that retention hyperkeratosis so retaining too many dead cells so somebody that is prone to acne does need usually more exfoliation and i'm not a big fan of acids and scrubs and peels but in the case of acne I that is a situation depending on the cause um, of the breakouts when I probably would be looking at more exfoliating type products just to help to clear out the the pores if you like to help prevent that that build up of dead skin and then the congestion in the follicle. I think it's also important to understand that somebody that is prone to um, holding on to those cells and thicker oil, they're going to be more prone to certain skincare ingredients causing congestion. And so when people get caught up on things like comedogenic ingredients, which means causing block pores, if you like, and breakouts – that's going to affect people that are more prone to acne. It's not going to affect people that um, aren't aren't as prone to acne. Now, it does depend on the individual product, and if you're slathering really um, emollient, rich, heavy products on your skin, somebody that is prone to acne is obviously going to... Be more susceptible to breakouts from those products and somebody that isn't but even myself i'm not prone to breakouts on the skin i'm currently using a super super rich moisturizer that i was very kindly gifted and it's amazing for um, hydrating my skin um, but I notice if I use it on my nose, I get all these little red breakouts. I've had to stop putting it on my nose because it's even too rich for my my skin. And looking at the ingredients, it's, it's very rich in emollients. It does have potential comedogenic ingredients in there. Um, so I think when you understand which ingredients can cause breakouts, um, it's important to understand the skin type it's being used on. We always say final product um, or final formula is key but there are some ingredients and plant oils actually tend to be pretty, um, uh, you, plant oils can be comedogenic in some people, some more than others but if you're using very rich emollient products as well, you know coconut oil, um, certain um, very you know rich products like cocoa butter, um, certain plant oils, avocado oil, um, evening primrose oil, especially if they're all combined together, um, things like isopropyl myrostate, you know, that rich, um, velvety-like textured products, you find them a lot in um, the isopropyl myrostates in makeup in particular. They can actually cause acne cosmetica. So that's not what I call true acne, that's just ingredients blocking the skin if you like clogging the skin and when we remove those ingredients the skin gets better and we can get very quick and fast results when it's more of an internal driver such as your hormones or more gut related then it's going to take longer as you said so first of all you've got to look at what's what's the trigger is it acne cosmetica by what you're using and you see it a lot in the young girls you know they're using this thick heavy makeup they're using um a lot of makeup primers and spf which i'm not discouraging at all but get one that doesn't cause breakouts and that can be trial and error sometimes a lot of spfs are very oil-based so again trial and error but make sure you get one that doesn't cause breakouts Um, and do check your ingredients, even things like you know soybean oil topically, algae in, uh, extract topically. These can all be comedogenic ingredients. Saying that, though, it does depend on the final formula, how much is in there. Is it combined with a hydroxy acid to speed cell turnover? It may not be as congesting. congesting. Um, is it a wash-off product? Then it's not staying on the skin, so it's unlikely to cause any breakouts on the skin. So... All of those things need to be taken into consideration but I would always first of all look at what someone's using on their face, lifestyle factors um, and then we look at, you know, always look at diet as well because there is a big connection between the the gut and acne and hormonal imbalance as well.
1: Yeah, there's always an internal driver with acne because at the end of the day, It's a disorder, right? Something is dysregulated. Something is causing that issue within the skin. So that's where you do need to understand the bigger picture about that client and really try and work out where it's coming from. And and doing this on a more holistic level is important. Um, Regulating the skin is the most important goal when you're treating acne. So everything that you just said about ingredients is spot on. A lot of the time, acne clients I find do look for products like they're always looking for hydration um they always feel dehydrated there's a lack of water in the skin so there's a lot of oil but there's a lack of water so they're trying to find products that are going to hydrate and not disappear and that's where sometimes they can make the mistake and use those products that are too occlusive that can actually make the acne worse so understanding the right ingredients for your client is really important to avoid that from happening um but then also understanding the right ingredients to use to help to regulate the skin, you know, regulate the cell turnover, um, regulate the dead skin, um, regulate the oil flow, regulate the bacteria, um, reduce the inflammation. They're the four kind of angles that you want to work with when you're treating Um, acne prone skins so it is a bit of a journey you know when I start my client on an acne acne plan there's a lot of support there's a lot of education I really do like to work closely with them because I need to get them through those stages where it can potentially get worse before it gets better and it will um, because a lot of those plugs are very deep in the skin so we need to help to release them so What you said about exfoliation, that's one part of it, absolutely, but it's also the regulation of the skin functionality that's really important. So supporting them through that journey and getting them to understand the process and different strategies incorporating different treatments at the right time to help to regulate and normalise skin is important. So that comes into play when I'm prescribing um, solutions or resolutions for acne, but also helping them to understand their diet their lifestyle, reducing stress because that fires up the inflammation as well. Um, As you know, stress is a pretty big component of
0: of acne. I see it so many times. I mean, I'm not someone that's prone to acne, but when I moved to Australia, I moved on my own. I didn't know a soul. I moved over for work. Um, That was a huge move. I didn't feel stressed. I felt very excited. I wasn't scared. I was like, new life, this is exciting, started Even though I didn't know anyone, it was more probably an adrenaline buzz of the excitement of it. Combining that, coming from the UK, which has got a very different climate, coming to Australia in January, peak summer, very hot and humid, I literally got off the plane and my skin broke out. And I'm like, great, I'm working for a skincare company, my skin's been perfect, and I arrive, first day at work, face full of breakouts no um but i knew what it was i knew it was the change in um humidity the heat i knew that you know the travel the stress of it all even though it was a happy stress it was still a stress on my system and so i just changed my routine lighter moisturizer a little bit more exfoliation calming ingredients um and just was aware of the stress to help manage it um and it went away, and I, you know, it didn't last very long because I knew what it was, so I didn't get stressed about it. But even that is just a, an example of sometimes you can get a breakout just because of extreme stress, and sometimes you don't even know that you're stressed. It might be a happy stress. You might be moving house. Um, it might be more of a sad stress. You know, a death or a breakup or um, you know something more traumatic. But whatever kind of stress it is, is going to put stress on our system. It's going to change our hormones. It can affect our blood sugar. Um, And so it can also affect our gut microbiota. And there are studies, I think, I can't remember the exact percentage, but it was was pretty high. It was something like 50%, but don't quote me on that, of acne patients had an altered gut microbiota. Um, And that... We've got to look at is it the stress, is it the diet, because we know diet will play a huge role in the gut microbiome. So that will then um, have an impact on the little microbes that are in the gut that can then further increase inflammation systemically, which can affect the skin. So all of these things have to be taken into consideration. Plus, when you're stressed, quite often people will turn to comfort food, the high GI, refined carbohydrate food, and alcohol. And that we know they are all drivers and can aggravate an acne-prone skin.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Stress is, um, is huge. Lack of sleep anything that puts stress response on the body is going to inflame acne. So we need to look at this from a lifestyle point of view and helping to reduce that stress response. Helping to understand if there is a hormonal imbalance with this, with this client, you also may need to refer them to a practitioner that can help to balance those hormones. So it is about also looking at collaborating um, and and a referral system with a practitioner, like an integrative doctor um, or a nutritionist and someone to help them understand A little bit more about those hormonal fluctuations and what's really going on with their body whether it is related to um, imbalance in their thyroid gastrointestinal tract um, polycystic ovaries endo we all know there's elevated androgens or those male hormones that testosterone that's stimulating that oil flow but there's also a relevance to estrogen with acne as well so we need to understand that and help to I guess, rebalance that hormonal side of things. And that's where you need to also collaborate with another practitioner to do that. And that's a really important part of understanding acne, diagnosing it. What sort of acne is it? Where is it coming from? How can we best manage it in the clinic? But also understanding from a general health point of view, what is going on with that client? Do they need extra help to support them in reducing that um, acne in their skin from an internal point of view?
0: The other interesting thing about hormonal acne is quite often, you know, people get the breakout and then skin professionals say, oh, it's hormones, get your hormones checked. And then the hormones come back, the the results, and they're all within range and it's all normal. But there's clearly acne there. And that happens time and time and time again. So whilst we know there can be an increase in androgens, sometimes there's an increase in what we call the IGF-1 hormone, um, which can affect blood uh, glucose um, and that is why diet is so important in helping regulate that but quite often um, the hormones will come back in balance or within um, within range and what seems to be um, becoming more evident now is that sometimes it's not so much even the imbalance in the hormones it's the response or the sensitivity to the hormones. So it seems to be in acne that um, there seems to be an increased stimulation of the sebaceous gland, the gland that produces that that oil. So it seems to be more sensitive to those hormones for some reason, which we're not quite sure of. Um, and then, of course, combined with the thicker, stickier sebum and holding onto the, the dead skin cells. So it's almost like the skin is hypersensitive in its response and that is why we're getting the breakouts. So treating topically is also really important, as well as looking at the, the internal. Um, but because of that, what we call the IGF-1 response, that is when I would always look at the diet with somebody with acne. And the first thing that I would look at, and what has the strongest evidence, is a high GI diet. Um, Because everyone goes gluten and dairy and it's like, well, there's some weak evidence for dairy, particularly milk, particularly skim milk. But if someone's having a cup of milk a day, it's really unlikely that reducing that is going to make any difference. It's more if somebody is having, you know, I don't know, six coffees a day or copious amounts of dairy, then it could potentially be problematic for some people. Um, Gluten, absolutely zero evidence. However, and I've never in my over 30 years had to take anyone off gluten to help manage acne. I definitely have seen a huge improvement when people have come off the refined carbohydrates. So the white products, which quite often have gluten in them. So I think when people say they cut the gluten out, it's they're cutting out those white refined carbohydrates and as a result, it's helping. Um, That's where the biggest... um, response that i have seen so if we get them on that whole food diet increase the fiber increase um, the fruits and the vegetables and the whole grains we don't necessarily have to cut the gluten out but we do want to cut back on pizza pastries um, white bread sugars refined carbohydrates those types of things Um, and i see a lot of people with acne that do eat those foods you know white toast or a croissant or banana bread for breakfast with a coffee with a couple of sugars Um, lunch might be noodles or a sandwich or it might be sushi and now sushi is one of the worst things for acne I'm not saying don't ever eat it but quite often people will turn to if I'll give you an example I was at an event I think I might have told you this story and there was a, a young girl there with quite bad acne and I was watching her at the, at the buffet <laughs> and she was paranoid about not having the dairy and not having the gluten and her whole plate was full of sushi and refined carbohydrates and um, I didn't say anything because it wasn't my place but sushi rice is not only white refined carbohydrate but they add pure glucose syrup to it so she was having that which is going to be way worse for her than if she hadn't have avoided all those other things, but she'd been drummed into by her skin professional not to have those foods, but instead was eating the wrong foods. So this is where professional recommendation is really important when it comes to nutrition, Um, but somebody that understands the skin and somebody that can personalise the nutrition as well. But just reducing that high GI diet can make a huge difference actually.
1: I've seen such a huge difference in clients when they start looking at their diet and taking on board some of the information and the strategies that we give them. Uh, We provide clients with meal guides that are designed by a nutritionist that are tailored to suit certain specific skin conditions. So when we provide them with that guidance, and that's what they are, their guides, we provide them with the guidance to have a better understanding of what whole foods actually are because some people will say, oh, yeah, I eat really healthily, but it's not until they look at that that they think, oh, wow, well, actually I'm not really eating as good as what I probably could. So I've seen a lot of changes in the clinic with clients once once they start taking that on board. So diet is huge. If um, I do as I always ask my clients if they have a sensitivity to gluten if they have a sensitivity to dairy and it does cause a lot of issues with bowel movements and bloating and pain, while we're trying to manage and clear up the inflammation in their skin, I always ask them to reduce that or just become more aware because it does make a difference. Um, So diet is huge. Then also incorporating some ingestible support is also really important. And as you know, I have VitaSol and I have seen such dramatic changes when we're starting to take that approach on board with clients, integrating the right procedures for them and then integrating the right topical ingredients, and it is about the right ingredients, the changes are huge. Even though they may potentially get worse before it gets better, but the changes are huge. Um, getting back to what you said about the testing, it's interesting because when you go to a doctor and say, I'm going to go and get my hormones testing, uh, tested, sorry, and then they come back and say, oh, yeah, I, my hormones are fine, The range is actually quite large, so they might be on the higher scale of that range or on the lower scale of that range. But to me, I think that's important because if they're on the lower scale of that range, it's still going to drive the inflammation. Would you agree? It's still going to dysregulate the functionality of their skin.
0: It it really depends on the individual results. I mean, when it comes to nutrition um, and vitamin testing and and things like that, Vitamin D, for instance, can come back within range, but it can be like one out before you're deficient. So you've, you've got to look at all of that. But quite often with hormones, they do come back within what would be considered normal range. Um, and it does tend to be more this increased sensitivity to those hormones as well. So we've got to look at what is causing that hormonal imbalance, whether it is is stress, whether... It's diet, because diet can affect hormones quite significantly. Um, Always, whenever I look at acne, you look at supporting the gut, um, and we want to start to fuel up the beneficial gut bugs um, to reduce inflammation. We also look at the liver, because the liver um, processes hormones, it processes toxins, we want to give the liver support. Whenever there's a hormonal imbalance um, or problematic skin, Liver and gut support, are the two, the two things that I would be looking at supporting through diet, um, increasing the fibre, the fruits and vegetables. That's when I'd put them on the Vitacell purity, the liver and gut support, um, in combination with getting them on the right amigas, and that's when you want to be looking at a really good quality omega supplement and looking at omega three and omega six. Um, Product that's going to help to reduce inflammation. It's going to have the antioxidant support, but it's also going to have omega three that's anti-inflammatory. It's going to help with cellular health, Um, and then you've got your omega six for the quality sebum, the ceramide production, and skin barrier. So, I would put them on the the Vitasol Omegas and the the Purity for acne, hands down, first thing that I get them on. But also, we would be looking at you know, are they drinking too much? Are they are they taking other supplements because some supplements can trigger breakouts so we mentioned earlier if someone's having a lot of whey protein and quite often they'll add a lot of milk to that and you know I'm I'm back on my smoothies but I actually don't put milk in my smoothies I just have water um with with other things obviously um but I don't put milk in because you know you you can get a lot of milk in a smoothie combine that with a whey protein and then that could be not great for an acne skin. So little things like that, um, lots of coffee, milky drinks that that might not be great for certain people with acne. And then looking at, are they taking um, recreational drugs? You know, stimulants mm-hmm. that can cause breakouts. Are they having a lot of alcohol that can cause breakouts? Are they taking vitamin supplements? The amount of people that just pop vitamin pills or mix them and they can be getting too many vitamins. Um, B12, um, B6, so the B vitamins can cause breakouts in some people. Now, if you are having to take those for medical reasons or maybe you're a vegan or a vegetarian, then it's important to keep taking them if they've been professionally prescribed. But if somebody is taking those vitamins, they may notice that they get a few breakouts. Depends on the quantity that they're taking. I notice it more from the IV infusions or from um, vitamin B12 injections that um, sometimes you can get a temporary breakout straight after. And it will pass. It's not going to last. And it's not going to give them lifelong acne. It's just a a temporary breakout um, that will go. But... If they're taking vitamin supplements every day with a lot of B vitamins in and they're taking multiple supplements that have got B vitamins, that may be worsening their breakout. Another supplement that can cause breakouts is um, there's a lot of these energy supplements, you know, hair and energy supplements out at the moment, and they've got um, quite high amounts of iodine in them. So if you are taking iodine supplements and you don't need them um, and you get high levels of iodine, in the system that has also been linked to potentially triggering acne breakouts too now saying that cystic acne has also been linked to being um having you know a thyroid connection and low thyroid uh, low iodine levels so this is why it's really important not to take isolated high dose nutrients unless it has been prescribed by a dietitian or a nutritionist, someone that knows what they're doing, um, because we know that that iodine could. So if they're taking iodine, B vitamin supplements as well for extra energy, and then they have suddenly getting breakouts, it might just be something as simple as that because they've seen it advertised on TikTok or social media and everyone's taking it for hair and thyroid and energy um but it might have nutrients then that that just is it's too much for you and causing the breakouts. so little things like that might be might be that simple it might not be an internal driver that's doing it at all it might just be something that you are doing that's causing the breakouts
1: and that is an excellent point because clients are very overwhelmed and very confused these days there is so much information there's a social media influence there's TikTok everyone's saying the next best thing this is incredible for skin most of the time when i first meet a client they are on so many different things that they've just basically purchased themselves because they're looking for something to give them the relief Um, it's such a mental game with acne so they're always looking for the next best thing should i try this should i try that i've been recommended this but it's never been recommended by a professional practitioner so i will always meet them and they'll have like 10 also different things that they have kind of got in their cupboard. They're using some of them and not others. And that, and you're right, that could also be causing their issues with their acne from a gut perspective as well. Um, so simplifying things is important. It really comes down to what is right for that client. It's understanding what type of acne it is where it's driven from, then you can prescribe them the right things that they need to actually manage it and treat them. And as a therapist, you have to have duty of care to look after that client and take them through that process because it is a mental game. There's a lot of psychology that comes along With having acne, a lot of these clients don't have self confidence. Um, It impacts their life on so many levels. So it's taking that care side of it with these clients, which is also really important. I think that's something I really needed to get across today to people is to have that compassion for these clients that because that makes a huge difference in the way that you treat them. It's not just about prescribing a treatment and a product. This is about looking at them as a whole person Mm. and having that duty of care to your client to look after them from start to finish. And it is going to take time.
0: It's going to take time. And it's also about, yeah, individualizing and understanding. Because it, it is, you know, I just know when I've had a single breakout, for instance, you know, and it's that time of the month and you might get one on your chin, you feel like the whole world is looking at that one breakout. So if you've got a whole face of acne, um, it's pretty traumatizing. It's really going to affect self-esteem. And the last thing you want is someone, some know-it-all with perfect skin, coming up and saying, "It um, must be the dairy. Oh, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Don't take this. Don't take that." Mm. Um, and it it takes time to get results, and it's not as simple as just taking one thing out of your diet. You you've got to look at the the whole picture. And as I said, you know, for some people, diet's going to make zero difference. For some people, it's about the topicals. For some people, it's about the environment. For some people, it is about the diet. Um, it's not about the topicals. So we, we've got to look at all of it. And for some people, it's everything. Um, and I think what is important is that we do look at each person individually and really understand what that that trigger is. So I think, you know, the takeaways today is find out what your trigger is. Um, look at what you're using topically could that be causing breakout as a maybe makeup has it got that rich velvety texture. Um, Something I also wanted to mention is silicones. People get really confused that silicones are comedogenic. They're not. The molecule is too large to enter the pore or the follicle. Silicones are not comedogenic. They can help with skin barrier. May not be the best ingredient for acne, but don't be scared of silicones. They're usually in a product that is like a makeup primer that has got something like a Myra state or a really rich emollient that is the comedogenic ingredient so they kind of get guilty by association Um, but look at your makeup is it causing breakout look at your moisturizers are you using a lot of plant oils could they be causing breakout they will on some people not on everyone look at um, the diet is there a lot of you know white bread white rice white pasta noodles crackers Um, even those gluten-free foods can be very high refined carbohydrate the plant have you have you swapped to plant milk and coconut yogurt? Is that high refined carbohydrate without the protein? Could that be you know worsening the issue? That's when you need a professional. Um, reduce all those those fatty um, meats and coconut oil and ghee and high fat cheeses and processed meats and get on that healthy diet and then really looking at supporting the gut and liver, looking at skincare and then we haven't even spoken about which treatments, which I think we're going to, to talk about in another episode.
1: Yes, and um, treatments need to be handled strategically with these clients. Um, from a therapist's point of view, you need to look at it, understand the physiology, what do you want to achieve with this client? How are you going to reduce that inflammation regulate and normalize the skin um, and do it in such a way that the client is going to be able to handle that purging and get them through that process not all treatments are right at the right time so they need to be strategically planned
0: definitely so we'll talk about that in our in our next episode and we need to also talk about the purging side of things too
1: i cannot wait